Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe with my brother, Coach Tony. He's here, Tony. Hey, what's going on, Joe, and what's going on? Hello to everybody out there in T-Bomb land. I hope you guys are doing fantastic today. Joe, a little fun before we get into a very important topic, and that's putting it lightly, I would say. How about you? Yeah, definitely very lightly, but sure, it's always a wonderful thing in these beginning segments, uh, kind of lighten the mood. Yeah, I mean, for a minute or so, and of course, people may know where I'm going with that. Um, (laughs) uh, We're talking a little bit about things we talk about, words we use, phrases we use sometimes in the 80s, and and kind of makes you wonder now, what in the world were we talking about? So, you know, Real quick, now I noticed recently that several people have been responding to my text messages. Our sister is one. Um, she does it often or for a while now. They've been responding with an old 80s phrase we all used. And I thought maybe it would be fun to just just for a minute to play a game of remember when. You know, as we as we get into our worthless facts of the 80s and, and even the 70s portion of the show at times, I say we go with Three phrases, three phrases we used from the 80s. And and let's talk about maybe for a second what they meant, uh, if that uh, if we can do that. So first, first is the very one that is making a comeback, I think, apparently, as Mm -hmm. as I've heard it 50 times in the last six months. And that phrase would be word. Yeah. What were we talking about when we responded to one another with this phrase word? Um, a word was used when confirming the person's analogy, speaking to you on a topic. For example, if I was going to say to you that the rock group Rats Round and Round song is played way too much during the all skate, you would probably respond to me by confirming that by saying word. I can tell you this. I have no idea who or where or when it started, but I would like to be in the person's head who came up with it to see how their brain works. And then when I say that, Joe, you would say. Word. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> word. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, I, you know, I think, I think what they're referring to is like, like, you know, just saying like, that's like, that's, uh, uh, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, like, it, of course it's I agree. You know, and, and it's funny too because for I, I know that the majority of our listeners are actually, if not our age, a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, and so it's funny for them to hear this. But I'm certain that first of all, the younger generation, if they're listening, first of all, they're like all skate. What does he even? What do you yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. Exactly. They don't know what that's about. They're exactly. like, listen to these boomers. You know, we're sitting. Here, well, let's talk <laughs> about what we meant when we yeah, said yeah, word. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just funny. But you know, yeah. and uh, uh, it is what it is. But go ahead. What's what's your next one? So the next one, uh, another one. Uh, it's a one word phrase again, describing mm-hmm. something being good, and mm-hmm. that would be using the word bad. Which yeah, which actually meant good. Mm -hmm. So if you thought someone had a nice car, you would tell them, dude, that car is bad. Yep. Or or if you said it to a friend, check out my new converse and they like them, they would respond with, Man, those kicks are bad, dude. Kicks, yet another term used for shoes. Yeah, absolutely. You got some bad kicks right there. Yeah, and, and it's funny too because you actually—I don't know if you realize—you you just repeated there was a uh, an old Run DMC lyric, not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. 
Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And that, well, there was Michael Jackson's song, I'm Bad. Well, it didn't that mean too. that he was doing bad things. It meant that he was just bad. <laughs> That's a bad dude. I mean, I don't know. But uh, so that was interesting. And, and then finally is probably the most famous one, I think, from the 80s. Uh, I, I really believe that. And I don't know if it's because I heard a few people say it here and there mm-hmm. or because our cousin Frankie used this literally 75 times an hour. Uh, <laughs> I, he, every time I hear about this, I think of him immediately. He always used it. And that was psych. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who doesn't remember this? Th- this was a term we used when we wanted to fool someone into thinking we actually were going to follow through with what we suggested. So let me give you an example. <laughs> hey, you want to play basketball with us? Psych. Meaning, no, we don't want you playing basketball with us. <laughs> or you want a slice of my pizza? Psych. And you had to say psych quick. You didn't like wait and pause through it. It had to follow immediately after asking someone if they wanted do, to do something. Do you remember why that was? I Because if they screamed out no psychs, you were done. Oh, I didn't know that. If they screamed out, if you say, "Hey, you want my pizza?" No sakes. And it's like, uh, oh, you now you're pizza. Now you're now now you're yeah. You're caught. Yeah. Of course. Now, if it was me, we're fighting though because you're not getting my pizza. You, yeah. it, I think that the psych was implied then when it came to pizza. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I remember you know the infamous Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh, no, uh, you're skit. taking my part. You're taking oh, my part. Oh, I don't want. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I was yeah. just gonna say that. Cut me off that, and go for it. Go that ahead. word. That word psych was made. Very popular by, of course, Mr. Eddie Murphy with his wholesome family fun skit, The Ice Cream Man. <laughs> A childhood favorite for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and you know what? Speaking of childhood faves, yeah. There's one word you didn't add in here, and, and maybe because it's a little risque, but not really, because you know, for the same reason we would say it back then, I could say it now. Frig. Is that when Frig. it started? Frig, friggin'. Yeah, yeah, in the 80s, friggin'. And you know exactly what we were saying because it's exactly what you think it is. And But here's the funny thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, it's like lost its meaning with this with the younger generation. Yeah. My nine-year-old daughter, you know, Addison, she'll, she'll like her phone dies and she'll look at me and go, I just want to watch the freaking video. And it's like, wait, what'd you just say? Yeah. She's like, I just said frickin'. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. honey, do you understand how that sounds? Yeah. And she just I- looks at me like she doesn't understand. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to choose our words a little bit differently because yeah. I feel like the hard K makes it all the worse. I've had to, I've had to, I had to, I've had to redirect your nephews on several occasions yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> with that word, but I didn't know it started in the eighties. That's news to me. I, I had did. no idea when, but yeah. So, I mean, um, so there you have it. You have four or five words we actually went over that started in the eighties. And, and today, uh, could you, uh, couldn't they, could they make a comeback? I don't know. Maybe this show is the one that's going to start that. I don't know. Word, I don't know if that'll ever make a comeback. But psych, yeah. I can see it happening. I can yeah. see it happening. I, I feel like it lightweight already does. I mean, uh, already has come back. Oh, and don't forget, too, uh, bad is now an, is an apology. My bad. Ah, there you go. So it's so changed meaning. That. It's, yeah, uh, but it's changed meaning. Okay. Exactly. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, with all that said, uh, this seems like the perfect time to take a quick break. We're going to listen to our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to start the conversation on high fructose corn syrup. Stay here. Welcome back, everybody. I, I think first and foremost, what we need to do when we're going to talk about high fructose corn syrup, we, we, we should point out where high fructose corn syrup derives from. And we're going to actually refer to it as HFCS at times here, just to save some time. 
Um, so if you hear us say that, you know what we're talking about. So as far as where it derives from, the simple answer is cornstarch. Boy, this is going to get a little science crazy here, but bear with me for a second. When corn is broken down into glucose, we have said that word before, half of those molecules are then chemically changed into fructose, which is a very, very sweet type of sugar. Now, I'm going to save you how this entire I mean, – I'm going to save some time here on how this entire enzymatic process works when manufacturing cornstarch and turning it from glucose-based to fructose-based. It, it is highly refined. It's very sweet and loved by food manufacturing companies as we will get into soon. Know this. This is not fructose that comes from the fruit we eat daily. That is important to understand. Nor fruit juice. Nor fruit juice. Uh, concentrate. No fruit juice. Uh, the fruit juice that, that is concentrated. Right. So that being said, the process that goes into manufacturing HFCS is very detailed and can be complicated to understand if you show zero interest in biochemistry and how sugar is broken down and the different types of sugar that exist. In all actuality, some of that is in fact our next show. For our purposes in this show right here, we want to point out the benefits. <laughs> um, boy, is that sarcastic. And then dig into what the overwhelming amount of negatives that loom around this food manufacturing nightmare are. Trust me, benefits? No, I don't think so. But as I said a minute ago, food manufacturing companies love HFCS and have since the early 1970s. They love high fructose corn syrup. 1970s, remember I said that, there's that era again. We have warned you about, and we will continue to talk about until we have a show where we really get into the nuts and bolts about that. It literally was the beginning of the end when it comes to our overall health in America. It truly was. And this is just one of the culprits, but a very important culprit. And there's, there's one more thing to you I wanted to add in there real quick. Sure. You know, for those of you that are thinking this is just about a health thing right now, um, one of the things that we definitely, I think we're, we're going to have to get into as well, is how this is having an effect on Medicare as well. Mm. Um, because it's starting to, it, when you find out, you know, the some of the diseases and the metabolic diseases that that are de uh, derived from HFCS, yes. and you see how it is depleting Medicare funds and the amount of insurances uh, that are being raised and hiked up because of it. Um, you know, those of you that are younger right now, say in your thirties, okay, and you think that this isn't going to bother you because, or this isn't going to ever affect you. Um, in, in a very short time from now, you may end up in a place where regardless of uh, you developing one of those diseases, when you need Medicare, it's already been bankrupt. And a lot of that is because of what's going on with this process with high fructose corn syrup. You know, what you're, what you're saying there about bankrupting Medicare, that's a true story. And I can't, the more in depth we get with this, with this podcast in each episode, when we talk about nutrition and, and the enemies of it, uh, and we point out to people what they need to be looking at and what's going to happen to healthcare. 
and health insurance and so on and so forth because of the overwhelming amount of problems that are growing in this country from a metabolic disease standpoint, it's really a nightmare to look at. And again, this is one of those culprits, but, but let me point out first and foremost here why food manufacturers absolutely love this, why they love high fructose corn syrup. There's several reasons. For one, in recent years, high fructose corn syrup has usually been 20% cheaper than cane sugar. Is it worth all the consumer backlash to save 20%? Well, for some manufacturers and brands, the answer is yes. But there is another reason the food industry loves to use HFCS instead of sugar. Lower manufacturing costs. From a production perspective, HFCS, high fructose corn syrup, saves time and labor. As a liquid, it could be pumped out of containers on trucks straight into a manufacturing facility's holding tanks. Sugar, on the other hand, needs to be packed on pallets, then offloaded from the truck with the forklift, then each of the 50-pound sacks unloaded from the pallets to be used in food preparation. If the end product is a liquid, such as, let's say, I don't know, soda, an extra step of dissolving the sugar in water is required. Heated water dissolves the sugar much faster, but that requires more energy input. The bottom line is this. High fructose corn syrup saves money, and everything I just listed in the last 15 seconds is the reason why. The process that I just went through on what it would take to produce sugar as opposed to produce HFCS. It doesn't end there either. It doesn't even come close to ending there. HFCS also boasts a ton more functional benefits for the food industry. Now, Joe, I could tell you this. Mm-hmm. When we are cooking on the grill, this is just an example. What do we love to do to our food? And this is just an example. People love to do what? Brown, right? Brown. Yeah, browning. Yeah, yeah, browning. Sure, browning sure. your food. Mm-hmm. And, and let me just give a quick history lesson here. In 1912, a French chemist by the name of Maillard described why the chemical reaction when following this method, his method of cooking, makes food taste much better. And it does. Today, it's actually called, it's actually called the Maillard effect. The fructose in high fructose corn syrup improves the browning results of baking goods when compared to table sugar. Therefore, High fructose corn syrup plays a big role in this process. And let's think about barbecue sauces, things of that nature, and what they do to ribs, chicken, uh, and and Mm -hmm. a ton of other foods that we cook on the grill. We're just using grill cooking as an example, ladies and gentlemen. Sure. And and Tony, let me me touch on something about that real real quick as well when it comes to browning. Um, High fructose fructose (laughs) corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, listen, here's the thing. Uh, We use it, you know, again, in baked goods or what have you, right? And Mm -hmm. it creates that browning effect. Well, the fact is uh, it also does that same thing on the inside of us. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize, see, you, <laughs> there's a browning effect that actually happens. They've done, uh, uh, they've conducted research where, you know, on a newborn's rib cartilage, pure white, like driven snow, the rib cartilage of a 70 year old brown, like, I don't, you know, just brown. I don't know how else to explain it. But browned over the course of time through oxidation, through uh, uh, our bodies are 98.6 degrees, uh, that that 
fructose and other things within our body, you literally brown on the inside. But that's all oxidation. And we know that that creates inflammation. Oxidation also starts to bring upon uh, things such as, uh, you know, your, your serious diseases, all the metabolic stuff that yes. we're going to get into, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, and that's where anti antioxidants come into play. That's why they're so important. Again, right. we know antioxidants. So yeah, we should take those. But why? Well, right. it offsets this browning effect. When you're taking in high fructose corn syrup, you're actually speeding it up. You're speeding up that browning. Times three. Yes, and that oxidation, and it's way worse for you. But go ahead, because I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead of you. And, and 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 we could easily do that because there's so much you can. You know, we could be on this uh, podcast right here, this particular show, this particular episode for six hours if we really wanted to. Sure. Uh, and so, but yes. So, so moving forward, as far as uh, looking at uh, the functional benefits for the food industry when it comes to HFCS. So we talked about browning in detail, actually. Uh, moisture. All right. So when we're talking about moisture, high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. binds with water molecules and it can retain the moisture of, for an example here, um, chewy granola bars. You know, so they don't, yeah, so they don't dry out, you know, uh, uh, shelf life. Oh, there's that other, there's another thing that I can't wait for that. We always talk about, we can't wait for that show. It's probably gonna be multiple shows to be honest with you, but shelf life, because water molecules bind with HFCS, they are not available for mold to develop on. Therefore you can put a product on a shelf in a grocery store and it can last three times longer which enables customers or gives you as a company a better chance of selling the product and making money as opposed to, let's think about, you know, strawberries. You Mm -hmm. put strawberries out or you put bananas out, you've got a small window. You have a small window, ladies and gentlemen, as a food manufacturer uh, or actually a farmer in those two situations uh, to sell that before that process that Joe just talked about in terms of oxidization takes place. Interesting. Interesting yeah. enough. Interesting yeah. enough. Add syrup to that. Jar it. And yes. how much longer does it last? Right. Yeah. Right. But go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, and, and that's that. The, you know, it's a. Oh boy, I'll tell you, uh, corporate America, you amaze me at times. <laughs> I'm, I, when we do shows about them, I, I am literally not holding back. I have nothing good to say about what corporate America is willing to do to the health of our people. Okay. I wonder in what order drives to make a you. dollar. Well, I wonder what drives you in that direction. I, I think that's the, I think that's something we'll talk about in about four years or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, maybe less. Maybe so, less. Yeah. So that being said, uh, one more thing. Okay, we talked about the moisture. We talked about the browning. We talked about the shelf life. And the last thing that really uh, is something that corporate America loves is no crystallization. So you know, when sugar is used to bake cookies, it will crystallize and form a strange texture. HFCS eliminates that. So it makes the cookie, the texture, texture is huge when it comes to palatable foods, foods that taste good. It's not just the way they taste. It's the crunch. It's the, it's the texture. It's the smoothness of the product that actually is, is, um, uh, something that, uh, customers don't even realize they enjoy. So no crystallization is something that is more attractive to the consumer. Uh, and if HFCS eliminates that, obviously your food manufacturers love it uh, and so on and so forth. So, you know, there you have it. You know, while, while many consumers are demanding a return to table sugar, uh, which 
really isn't that good either. Uh, some manufacturers see sweeter benefits from continuing to use high fructose corn syrup. And just to let you guys know, we don't just make this stuff up. Our sources that have brought that to us and what we've read and researched are such things as the Corn Refiners Association. Uh, there's a gentleman who is a PhD by the name of John S. White. Uh, he is the president of White Technical Research, and a lot of our research came from that, as well as plenty of websites uh, the FDA and the USDA have offered uh, when it comes to cane sugar, when it comes to browning, when it comes to moisture crystallization, and of course, the culprit we speak about today, high fructose corn syrup. Oh, one, one other one other uh, uh, resource, if people would ever want to look up a Dr. Robert Lustig. Um, he is, well, he's just beyond phenomenal, oh, but phenomenal. has just so much to say on this topic. Uh, he is an endocrinologist. You've heard that term before uh, and is now also, well, uh, has for some time now been a um, – He's what he's gone on and gotten his law degree as well, yes. uh, trying to push some things into legislation. So pretty cool. Um, I was going to add a couple things here, T, but I think I'm going to wait till after the next segment. Sure. Um, I think it'll make more sense there. So uh, let's go ahead. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start getting into why consuming foods containing HFCS may be our undoing as a society. And yes, it really is that bad. Welcome back, everybody. So finally, and I say finally, we have plenty to talk about yet. Uh, this is this is the most important here, okay? What are the nightmares, okay? What are the negatives as far as consumption of HFCS are concerned, high fructose corn syrup? And notice I keep saying the full term because in my head I'm saying I don't want to, I don't want to dummy this down. I want people to really hear what the culprit's name is that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, say it. my name, say my yeah, name, high fructose <laughs> corn syrup. Yes. So now some ask me, okay, some people will ask me, well, is it okay in moderation? Well, tell, tell me how we, how we do that when it comes to this product, because honestly it's all over the place and in, in, in a ton of foods, mm-hmm. you are almost better off trying to avoid it. And at times if you consume it, so be it. But definitely do not game plan to eat only so much of HFCS per week. Mm -hmm. You cannot game plan that. Mm -hmm. The addiction levels, and folks, when I tell you they are addictive, they are addictive like any drug that you could possibly imagine. The addiction level – go ahead. Oh, uh, no, go ahead. Finish your statement. Yeah. The addiction levels, okay, the addiction levels will simply get worse and moderation will grow to overconsumption. That's that's all something we're going to be talking about next week, especially with sugar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so let me let me say this. Uh, All of us are going to eat high fructose corn syrup in some situations in our lives, and that's just the way it is. So so let's not be naive. And when I say that, I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. I can't be naive about that. I can't go to somebody who I'm training and say, don't you ever touch another thing that has (laughs) HFCS in it again. That is absolutely absurd. Moderation is always key. It truly is. However, in this situation, let's touch on special occasions. In other words, if you're going to go to a cookout, let's face it, not that you can't enjoy yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, by eating nothing but clean foods at a cookout. That's not what I'm saying. But every now and then, you need to throw yourself a bone. Every now and then, if you want the damn Twinkie, eat it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's as simple as it gets. you know. So let's not be naive again, like I said. 
So do not go hog wild, right? However, enjoy the food and enjoy your day. Then get back on track the very next day. There's a show we will be talking about uh, in the near future. We won't be talking about the show. We'll be talking on the show. Mm -hmm. How to approach cheating occasions so as to not overdo it, but enjoy yourselves. There's no special formula in these situations. Mm -hmm. Trainers, professional trainers out there, if you're going to tell your people never, ever, ever eat high fructose corn syrup, you're going to lose them immediately. Now, you may be offended by me saying that, but folks, learn to teach moderation on occasion. Please stop with the quote unquote, I never eat those foods and neither should you. I see trainers doing that. And not only are you lying, but you set your client up to fail. Don't act like you never have a cheat day or you never eat a piece of cake. Yeah. It, uh, you know, Tony, it's, it goes right back to what you were saying before. Uh, you know, how you said, you know, if you want the uh, the Twinkie, eat the Twinkie, just don't eat the box. Right. It's all about moderation, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I got to say too, um, it, I think something that we need to talk about here and in, in not maybe so much here in this show, but we definitely need to get into nutritional labels because, oh, yes, yes, you know, there's an yeah. order that things are listed in ingredients and maybe maybe we can start to provide some sort of some sort of insight onto how to read these things, because uh, I think most people look at the you know, they look at that top line. And everything below it means nothing to them. The right. top line, you know, how many calories? Oh, yes. that's all I care about. Uh, you know, I don't even think they realize per serving. They just think that's, you know. But. And it's not that the top line's not important, but I don't even know that I rank it in my top five. No, yeah, exactly. There's far more what you need to see below the line. Yeah. And so uh, uh, definitely something we need to, we, I think we should, an avenue we should start to approach at some uh, point here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, and that being said, and again, just, just us fishing for, for not fishing. I mean, we're, that's a big fish right there. We just yeah. caught ourselves a big fish, mm -hmm. a, another big show in which we're going to be able to do that. So, but again, everyone's on the edge of their seat. Uh, this is me picturing all of you, by the way, you're on the edge of your seat, <laughs> just sweating and saying, why, why, why is it, is so, it bad? so bad? Would you just tell me already? And, uh, and so, Let's let's start that then. Okay, let's give a few few different pointers. One, HFCS causes a tremendous amount of inflammation in the body, mm -hmm. which over time, not not the next day, over time leads to many different metabolic diseases such as diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. Those are just three examples. Remember those three? Huh? Over these past two years, folks, do you remember those three, or did they just go away or something? Mm -hmm. They need a hell of a lot more than a vaccine to get rid of. The three I just mentioned alone kill 1.3 million people yearly. So when I'm getting mad, I'm getting mad about that. Yeah, and, and here's the thing too, Tony, and that, I think one of the biggest problems here uh, that we're having is trying to prove that high fructose corn syrup is the culprit. Because one of the issues is uh, people say, well, we need studies. We need studies. Okay, well, that's that's fine. But first of all, most of these things, when, when these diseases are taking place, we're talking 20, 30, 40 years of a person consuming this stuff. That's what people need to understand. Right? And what doctor, wouldn't it be an ethical issue? This is something that, that Dr. Lustig was actually talking yeah. about. It yes. would be an ethical issue if I told you, hey, I want you to eat this stuff because I think it might cause cancer, and then it causes cancer. You know, I mean, uh, it wasn't – 
I want to yeah. paraphrase what Dr. Lustig said. He said it's borderline malpractice. Well, yeah, he actually, well, he went a step further and said, well, actually he said it is malpractice for, for, uh, not so much with that. What he was speaking was the, uh, uh, the doctors uh, telling their clients that they just need to work out and not yeah. be lazy. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing behind that that we'll touch on as well. Sure. Uh, when it comes to is it is it your behavior or is it is it something that is bio biochemistry? Uh, and I happen to believe I definitely prescribe greatly to his theories on bio biochemical behavior. He's fantastic. He's oh, fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. Boy, if we can, I'd love to have him on. This oh, show. that would be an interview for sure. Wow. Yep. We'll keep but, reaching out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there's there's number one. Don't, just those three. I mean, we didn't even talk about Alzheimer's, dementia, fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could keep going. Uh, so two. Second one, the percentages in terms of increased chances of obesity becoming a part of someone's life are tremendously higher. High fructose corn syrup is one of the highest contributors to the obesity problem, not only facing this country, but the world as well. It's no longer a USA problem. It's not, folks. Everyone thinks that when you talk about, for for instance, we talk about our Asian countries, okay? Mm -hmm. We talk about India. We talk about China. We talk about, um, you know, countries like Japan and the Koreas and so on and so on. Everybody thinks that everybody is healthy over there because they think what they're seeing when they see pictures and videos and newsreels that everybody's skinny. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Number one, maybe, maybe you don't see them as heavy as opposed to Americans, but when it comes to visceral fat and the actual fat that is contained in their body from the, the diet that they are now on, where everyone thinks that eating white rice is what's making them skinny, you are, you are wrong times 10. They are having major problems over in China right now when it comes to obesity and when it comes to what they're dealing with as far as metabolic disease and the rise of it in that country. Yeah, please the, understand that the term is tofi thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Yes. Yeah. So, so also uh, as we continue to go on here, also the ridic- the ridiculous amount of fructose, or fructose. All right, yeah. and most research around fifty percent or higher that is found in high fructose corn syrup causes so many health issues over time when constantly consuming products containing HFCs. This amount of fructose over time can double the amount of fatty liver accumulation in any one individual, leading eventually to fatty liver disease, which is a nightmare for anyone to deal with. Finally, finally, and and trust me, this show here, we are not done when we're done with this episode today. (laughs) Finally, one more important fact. There are absolutely no, and I mean no, essential nutrients in HFCS. You have heard the term empty calories before, which is very interesting when we talked about calories being that top number on the Mm -hmm. box of ingredients, because it could say it's only 90 calories, but what are the essential nutrients within those 90 calories? If there are no essential nutrients, then you're eating empty calories. You're eating calories that do nothing but cause inflammation and problems for the body. So in other words, there are calories within the product you are consuming, but there's no benefit to your health whatsoever when consuming them. It's as simple as that. And it's good that you said that because I think I can't – how many times people hear empty calories? Well, that means zero. 
yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, calories in the calories. Part. And I, and you, I get it. I get it because if you don't follow this type of stuff, it's why you're listening to us today. It's why you listen to anybody on a health and nutritional uh, podcast or YouTube channel or on on the news on on any on Fox on CBS whatever. You 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 watch the the trainers. You talk. You listen to the the scientists. You talk to your doctor because you don't understand what this is. You know everybody is not as passionate about this as we are. Yeah. And uh, listen, I'm going to, this is something else that I learned, uh, you know, uh, folks, as we come up with different topics or what have you, you know, again, uh, I have nothing uh, in the form of a degree or certificate, even um, anything uh, to make me any sort of nutritionist. Where I have to look this stuff up. I have to do my own research. And, um, you know, this, this Dr. Lud, uh, Lustig that, that I had mentioned was one of my main resources um, for a lot of the information that I gave here. But here is something that he had said that was very profound. And it's just, I think it's a great takeaway for this. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know that high fructose corn syrup has the same um, effect on the body as alcohol. Mm-hmm. It has the exact same effect on the body as alcohol, the way that it is processed, the way that uh, you could you can end up with uh, fatty liver disease, okay? Only with high fructose corn syrup, it's non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because obviously there's no alcohol. Right. Okay? We know that it has the exact same addiction problems. Uh, You'll find out in our next show when we just talk about even basic sugar, the effects it has on the dopamine levels and neurotransmitters in your brain, the pleasure center of your brain. Right. Okay. Um, It is all of that. Now we know alcohol does that and it, and it hurts the body. So it's addictive in nature and it hurts the body. So we regulate it. You have to be 21 years or older, right? At least that much. There's surgeon general warnings on every bottle drinking alcohol may cause uh, fatty liver disease or whatever it says on the side of it okay i know where you're um, going with this we have the same thing with nicotine it's addictive it mm-hmm. harms the body what do we know about high fructose corn syrup okay it's addictive <laughs> and it harms the body where's right. the regulation exactly i knew and you were going no, yeah i knew you were going in that direction and there's yeah. no regulation of that none uh, of that at all and why what happens well for for that to be done, we'll, we'll come back to what I was saying before, where they need the research. Food industries will say, well, we can't do that. We need more research. We need more research. Well, again, 30, 40, 50 years of people consuming it. How much more research do you need? When you have people who are endocrinologists and it's their job to do this sort of thing, and trust mm-hmm. me, we will get deeper into this, um, that are telling you this is the problem. And nobody's, you know, they just keep setting the goal. But well, you, you have you have no proof. Well, there's so many different ways that that proof can be disproved, right? Uh, just by saying, well, we, you don't have all the facts. Well, because there's nobody that you could definitively say, are they fat because they're not exercising and not eating properly, or is it because they're not eating properly that it's again? There's this uh, uh, biochemistry. That we were mm-hmm. talking about the behavior that 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 uh, is affected by our biochemistry, um, is it that they're eating incorrectly that is causing the sloth and gluttony, quote unquote, from Doctor Lustig, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. uh, that is causing that? Okay, um, and you can never get the definitive answer. And of course, 
one last thing that I just wanted to touch on before I get into the summary for, um, you know, next week we are going to be talking about sugar. This week I'm actually doing a summary slash preview and I'll be together. Um, when it comes to sugar, it's interesting. We also said with nutrition labels, uh, you know, it says total sugar, total sugar, but you don't know. Like if you're eating yogurt, there's, there's lactose in that. Yes. Lactose is a form of sugar, but you don't know how much of, the, and it's a natural sugar. There's nothing wrong with lactose, but you don't know how much of that total sugar is lactose. And they don't have to tell you because when the time came and the FDA said that you need to start doing this by law, providing this nutritional information, your food industry started getting together and saying, we can't do that simply because that is going to give our competition our ingredients. And so the uh, FDA just kind of agreed, and that was that. So, yep. see, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And, again, it always comes down to the same damn thing, yeah. money. It's yeah. all about money. Money. So. And, and and we're not we, – we are going to get into this. I mean, you have no idea how in-depth and detail – trust me, folks, we're doing our research yeah. And, and, and we are going to we are definitely going to expose a situation that if you don't know about it, we have no problem with letting you know. Trust no, me, there's there's no there's no harm, uh, you know, towards us. It's already. And, no, it, there's not. Yeah. And this isn't. Uh, uh, listen, you know, this is we are far from conspiracy theorists. It's no, just that no we're conspiracy. looking at <clears throat> we're looking at biology. We're looking at the science behind it. We're conferring with different resources and we're finding this stuff out and we're presenting it to you. So, you know, in the end, yes, you have to make the adult decision to, uh, you know, choose wisely. And we're just here to give the information to do that. So, all right, let's sum this up. I'm going to give, uh, again, a preview for next week's show as well. So first to reemphasize, high fructose corn syrup has no essential benefits to us at all, ever. Used as a browning agent in foods such as bread, meats, coffee, cereal, candy, and this list goes on forever. Mm. High fructose corn syrup has been linked to numerous metabolic diseases, specifically cancer and diabetes. All of this at the price of convenience to major food distributors since shipping is easier and cheaper and their products tend to sustain a higher shelf life than if regular sugar were used. By the way, no. The idea that sugar is just fine since it's not HFCS is only correct to a certain extent. Remember, we talked about moderation. Mm-hmm. There are also addictive qualities brought on by both high fructose corn syrup and sugar as well that have the same dopamine effect as any other regulated substance, such as alcohol and nicotine. Yet neither of the two, high fructose corn syrup nor sugar, have any law limiting their use. Tons more on that next week as well. Last, and we've said this before, remember, high fructose corn syrup is not what's found in fruit. That's fructose only, and in its natural state, like directly from an apple, is not problematic. It's when the chemical process behind high fructose corn syrup takes place. We start to see obesity and a variety of other diseases. And that is today's show in a nutshell. And a little bit more on what to expect for next week uh, when we talk about sugar. Sure, we know too much sugar is bad for us. But what is too much? And what effects does it have on our bodies besides the obvious? That and much more next week on T-Bomb. Until then... I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release a new episode every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. Word. 
<laughs> I, what are you gonna do? I, I couldn't come up with anything else. I had to throw it in there. Have a good one, everybody. This freaking show. Yeah, be the best you out there. <laughs>